Hello and welcome to another edition of the China in Africa podcast. I'm Eric Olander, and as always, I'm joined by Kobus van Staden, who once again joins us from Tokyo, Japan. Normally, he's in Johannesburg, where he is a scholar at Witt University, but again on a prolonged, extended vacation.、Uh, so, a very good morning, Ohio gozaimas. Ohio gozaimas. <laughs> <laughs> and a very good morning to Guangzhou, China, where we're joined by、uh, Chen Yirong, who's a master's candidate. At、uh, Tsinghua Dashui, Tsinghua University from Taiwan, out in Xinchu.、Uh, I was just there a couple weeks ago, so it's very exciting to actually have a student、uh, to meet somebody from Tsinghua.、Uh, yes. And、uh, so, very good morning to you from Guangzhou, China. Yeah, good morning. And、uh, we're so excited to have Yirong on the show today because we're going to talk about something that we've never really talked about on the show、uh, in terms of the migrant communities in southern China. Of course, that's a, a very popular topic,、uh, and we've talked about that part in the general issue of Chinese migrants in、uh, in, in southern China. But Yirong's、uh, research and what she's doing for her master's、uh, degree is very, very interesting because it's really focusing on the role of the church. And the role in the of the churches in helping these migrants acclimate, provide a some type of connection and community to、uh, to to in a place where many of them have none. People from Africa in southern China, in places like Yiwu and Guangzhou. Uh, come from all over the continent. They don't know anybody. They don't speak even. They don't have a common language. Sometimes French, Arabic, uh, uh, English,、uh, maybe even some of the local dialects. And so the churches, and particularly Pentecostal churches,、uh, play a very important role. And one of the most interesting facts about Irong's research is that on Sundays she has to spend hours upon hours upon hours in <laughs> church. And so, tell us a little bit about before we get into the the details. Give us a broad overview of the work you're doing、uh, with these Pentecostal churches in southern China and in the migrant community. All right,、um, my work in doing、uh, my field work with this、uh, African community is mostly based on the Nigerian group, and also、um, the churches are predominantly um, um, run by the Nigerians as well. And、um, the methodology of doing this field work is quite interesting because、um, the church program. Is usually on Sunday only. Most of them. So、uh, I want to grab my time in here in China. So I'll just keep up with them as much as I can. So sometimes I go to two or three churches in one day, and、um, it's good that I found a church that and and this this one is um you um also my、uh, major work of my field work. Um, this church is very special and um. I won't call the name. I will just give it the name、um, Power Chapel.、Uh, it's a fictive name, and, and this church is very special because it's the、uh, only church in, in Guangzhou among the in the、uh, African community that has、uh, service every night, like from Monday to 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 Sunday, and、um, from Monday to to Friday. The, the night it, this night vigil is usually start at 10 p.m. To the like one or two or three in the morning, and that's how I do my field work. Like、oh. I never sleep. Oh, <laughs> you have it easy, Kobus.、Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's、uh, very hard to imagine. Yeah, it's、uh, because it is because of the situation in China. That's why they have to do it in the midnight. <laughs> <laughs> so,、um, so what are these services like? What do what do for people who've never who've never attended, a, you know, kind of this kind of Pentecostal service? Like, what what do people? What, what is the atmosphere like? What is the noise levels like? What you know, kind of like how like what is it like as as an actual experience to be there? I think this is also why I'm into the Pentecostal research because I 
I, I personally is not a Christian um, when I was in Taiwan. And um, this, these churches I attend um, quite attract me because they are, they work in a very uh, secret, secret way. Like they, they, you will, you will never find them if somebody brought you in and um, you will never, you will never, even you are in the same building, you will never know. And, because they're always high in some anonymous um, building or the office room, and it works, it works, and it operates at night. And and when you get in there, it's it's always with loud noise and with the music and dancing. It's very it's very uh, um, vivid and a very. That's how they call they how can how they can feel the power how they can feel the Holy Spirit how they can feel the power from God and and that they that's how they do it yeah it are has these, to do with now are hmm? these churches secret because the population that's attending these churches are illegal migrants or are they secret because religion is such a sensitive issue in mainland China and that unauthorized churches is is a big problem. Uh, all across uh, the country, not just in the Pentecostal community, but you know, for all religious communities, that if you're yes. not authorized and recognized and, and registered with the with the government, then you're not allowed to have uh, hold religious services. Yes, um, both of the answers is correct. And um, 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 I'm sorry. Um, the, the 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 reason um, the the China circumstances and the, even the Chinese churches have to hide from the police. No, they don't hide from police, but they to, uh, the police uh, kind of the government kind of semi tolerate these churches. The, the the government will not interrupt them if um, the situation is not too conspicuous. Only if something happened. Um, if before because uh, in my. I have heard that before the, when the African churches start building up, there are some police actually uh, do they, they just go into the church and and start checking the 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 the, um, the immigrants' uh, passport, and this kind of brought up some um, very serious uh, um, fights about between them. And so then afterwards, the. Um, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I, that's okay. Yeah, Kobus, I, I think I've gone to a, a very sensitive part, and I didn't try to. Yeah, to no, I understand, and we we yeah, don't yeah. want to compromise any of that. You, you, you know, <clears throat> Cobus, it's been interesting over the past couple of years to watch the, the 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 what I would call it an emerging crackdown on on African immigrants in southern China, in part because the immigration standards are getting much more difficult, and it contrasts that with you know the surge of. Uh, of immigrants going into China, uh, going into Africa. Uh, and there just seems to be an absolute discrepancy. And one of the things we're hearing from Yirong is, again, I think a community, and Yirong, tell me if you believe this, a community mm-hmm. under siege in some ways that people are very afraid of the police in terms of checking passports. Uh, there's a lot of discrimination that faces African immigrants in, in Guangzhou. And so the churches can provide a refuge of sorts away from all of that tension, I would imagine. Yes, and many of my uh, Nigerian informants told me that they used to go to church so much, and even every day, uh, my church had provide uh, every day individual in 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 Guangzhou. Still, it's not enough for them. So they are they are very uh, uh, um, church goers. They 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 have to attend church so much to keep their life pattern. But in, is it? But, when they're but, away in, but is it country. also? Do they? I mean, they go for personal reasons because it's something that connects them back to their home country and home culture. But do they also go to kind of shelter themselves from from the pressures of life in in, in mainland China? Yes, it it, it is. You know, um, the law. Um, 
before many people they cannot stand they cannot understand why Pentecostal have to sing uh, so loud and shout so loud during the uh, the program. But then I I've kind of start getting understanding <laughs> understand them that you know when they have pressure they come to church and you know for Christian word uh, speaking of word. It's very important that you have to speak in a very positive way, and the way you dance, the way you sing, is a way that can make you uh, to reunite with God. And then, so that it's like going to church is a, a refreshment and a reunite with uh, re- with the relationship with God. So to, to them, it's it's uh, it has it's done for this kind of meaning. So it is very important that many of uh, many of them when they feel depressed or when they feel so. Uh, they would just go to the church, and the church and the Pentecost, in Pentecostal church, it is very um, obvious. Uh, one of the uh, the feature is that the the pastor will give you a very positive and a, and good word. That's how how we call it: gospel of prosperity and grandeur. Prosper, you will be prosper in the future. And that word, if you hear it and you take it, it it becomes the embodiment of them. So so they're they're. It's like um, it cannot be separate um, to see the religion activity without the economic uh, um, business they are doing in China. And also, if you want to talk about economic, I, I think it, it, it is, uh, is kind of you lose something if you don't talk about into their religion. Um, actually, you know, kind of drawing on that point, um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how the church functions as a way, as a, as a place where people do Business and like what what the relationship is between between their trading day jobs and their and their their church life. Okay, um, actually, um, many of the church I go, um, they provide a teachings of how to be a good businessman. They have um, like, for example, they they teach you how to dress properly. They teach you how to have a life pattern regularly so that you can do your business and in. Instead of uh, just uh, fooling around in China, they 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 would tell you you have to um, catch your ch- catch your opportunity when you are in China because not everybody has the chance to come to China, and it encourages them and also grant them that and give them faith that one day they were gonna prosper, and because of this, many of of the informants even when they um, face the disappointment in their business. They still think this is just for temporary. Someday it's gonna get get better, and uh, and um, yeah, and many of them. If you go to the Pentecostal uh, church, you can see the many of the informants. They dress very properly, and they want to dress um, like they dress suits, and they, or they dress very fashionable. Then so that they wanted to people to um, respect them in a way that they are good Christians and also they are very they are good in doing business. They are good traders and they they try to set an it's a good example um, in the African communities. Well tell us a little bit about the backgrounds of some of these people. What economic class do they come from? What is their level of education? What is the profile of some of the parishioners in the various churches that you that you are studying? Um, yeah, this is uh, very important. Uh, most of the congregants in the churches are male, and they are very they are young. Um, most of them are young Nigerians. Many of them are not so well educated, even though they say they are graduated from university. But I think you can know their knowledge is not 
really uh, the same, the, the, the same standard if you're really talking to them. And so many of them, they actually, and so, oh, and some of them, they admit that they, are, they don't care about education. All they care about is making money. Mm-hmm. And, and um, this is one of the many, many Igbo, young Igbo men, um, they've said they, they, they regard um, um, education lower than, than the business because business is more important. Um, you know, kind of you, you mentioned that you, that you tend to go to different kinds of churches. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what are the relationships like between the different churches in, in, in the same community? <laughs> Um, but this is going to be a, you know, the church, if you ask them, um, it is very sensitive if you want, if you ask your informants to uh, compare why you go to this church and not the other one, they will always tell you that these are the same churches. This is only one God that we pray. And so they, they kind of, they, they cannot answer it. They cannot really directly answer that question unless something happened. And and there are some, well, there are some differences between the churches. Some of them are more international than it connects to any other um, international churches. They have a more a broad international uh, networks among the churches. And some of them are more traditional that, uh, for example, my church is more a more traditional one that um, some of them even speak Igbo or sing Igbo in the church. And most of them are dealing with the... Um, the the well they believe is the evil spirit from their home home village that still um, attacking attacking them even they are in China so there are different churches uh, they have different um, function oh some of the churches are very good at healing so if you are if you are a church member in in China and you know there your church doesn't provide everything then the the only thing you can do is to go go to certain churches if something happened to you you can find a church that can deal with your problem you know when we think of a church we think of a steeple and a big building bricks and people go in and there's lots of pews and obviously you've told us that it's not like that these are small rooms sometimes in apartments sometimes in office buildings and so it's a much more intimate type of experience because you're very close to people physically. And and I guess I'm, you know, you're ethnically, you know, you're ethnically Chinese. You're from Taiwan. Uh, you are, you, you're not Nigerian. So here you are sitting in this small room. And how difficult is it for you to be there to, to build their trust? Because you're obviously, you know, you're not a believer. Um, that's obvious. Um, and yeah. so what is, how do, how do you manage to build their trust so that you can participate in these services in such, again, intimate settings? Mm. This is a very interesting question. Actually, I get into the church because um, my informant thought that I want to be his girlfriend. And so he brought me in. And then the rest of the people thought I am, you know, um, there are some, some in the African church, um, Pentecostal church, there are some um, Chinese women in the church as well, and but all of them are um, partner of um, another African um, traders. So they think I might might be one of you know one of the girlfriend of of okay. one of the congregants. Yeah, and then after uh, some other time, they find out that I am not with anybody. So th- that's how they really ask me question, and and I'll I'll just tell them that I'm doing research here and. 
and and I hope that I can get more information about them. And um, some of them are very sensitive, but some of them say that okay, you you should be the good Christian, and we will teach you everything. So, I as long as I go to the church every day, the relationship just changed, and we just get more and more trust to each other. Okay, interesting. Yeah. You know, Cobus, it's it, you know think thinking about. Irong's research and then thinking about kind of the perspectives in Africa that we've heard about uh, in, from Howard French's books and the, the, the difficulties that many Africans uh, have with Chinese migrants there. It's interesting to see the parallels between the two. Sometimes the low levels of education of the migrants, the emphasis on trade and money. And I'm interested to get your point of view, Kobus, in, in kind of reflecting on, on what you've heard from Irong as compared to what we've heard from about Chinese migrants in Africa. Yes, I agree. It's 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 quite. It's, it's there are certain similarities. Also, um, you know, another big similarity is the focus on business. Um, but is that a Nigerian thing? That might be a, a particularly Niger- Nigerians are known for being very business focused. Yeah, no, I, I think there's definitely kind of cultural cultural kind of like structuring of of that. But I think you know, as a as a kind of a an international class of people, you know, kind of who who go to you know who move to other develop developing countries. Um, to go from China to Africa or from Africa to China. I think, you know, kind of the, there is also this kind of international class kind of identity where which is also very business focused. Sometimes, as, as Irong said, you know, I think and it's also true for, for Chinese migrants in, in Africa, sometimes not even particularly interested in learning English. Um, they're, they're interested in business. Um, you know, kind of, and, and, and the kind of the, the, the kind of rhythm of making money and remitting money and, and so on, I think is, 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 is really important. So, it's, and that I think is interesting. It's interesting to think of them as a kind of emerging global class, rather maybe than you know kind of than particularly you know kind of Africans in China or you know or Chinese in Africa. Although that's that's an interesting perspective as well. It's it's interesting to think of them as as this kind of like mobile classes moving around the world, including in, increasingly to Vietnam. Um, mm-hmm. Your your kind of neck of the woods, sure. you know. And, and um, you know, a, a lot of at this conference that that Irong and I attended, they were um, you know kind of people from the trading community actually also at the conference and they mentioned that a lot of people are now finding it difficult to kind of get the good prices that they used to get in China and some of them are considering actually going to Vietnam going in, um, in other and parts also of United South Arab Asia. Emirates and, and so on yeah yeah so it's very interesting well this is a subculture of the mig- the migrant debate that that's been going on again as Kobus pointed out not just in China not just in Africa but this is a worldwide phenomenon going on and what Irong's doing in the in the churches I think is absolutely fascinating. Uh, Irong, where should people go if they're interested in learning more about this? Is there Are there any resources online? Because I know that we're going to get people inquiring uh, to find out more information. Do you, can you recommend any, any, any research or any particular institutions that have done work on this? Um, if this is about the uh, African Pentecostal in Guangzhou, then um, the first researcher would be Heidi Hogan, um, the Norway. Um, she's from Norway, Oslo University. Um, and also, there are a lot of um, other Pentecostal literature about um, talking about this, uh, immigrants and religions and also informal economic 
And what is very easy to find in online, you just type the keyword, you can get as much as you want. It's, you it's like, I mean, the jungle of literature. I, I, I don't know how to. Sure, of course. <laughs> well, well, Chen Yirong is a master's candidate in anthropology at uh, Tsinghua University in Taiwan. And she's doing her research on uh, African migrant communities and the Pentecostal churches there. Uh, Yirong, thank you so much for joining us, especially yeah. so early in the morning. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. And Kobus, uh, if people want to follow what you're reading and writing these days, what's the best way that they can stay in touch with you? Um, I'm on Twitter at Stadenesque. That's S-T-A-D-E-N-E-S-Q-U-E. And I'm also on our Facebook page, which is um, facebook.com slash China Africa Project. And both Kobus and I contribute to the Facebook page every day. And we really invite you to join us if you want to stay on top of all the latest developments in China-Africa relations. We're posting the top headlines, also moderating discussions and comments that are going on. So uh, facebook.com slash China Africa Project. And if you want to follow this podcast, head over to China File. We have a partnership with the Asia Society's wonderful China site uh, at ChinaFile, C-H-I-N-A-F-I-L-E dot com. Uh, you can find our show every week there on their page. But easiest way to get a hold of our show is on iTunes. Just search for China Africa Project. And if you're in China, where quite a few of our listeners are, uh, you find us on SoundCloud because uh, from what I hear, the Great Firewall doesn't block SoundCloud yet. Uh, so you can find us there. Just look for uh, China Talking Points or the China Africa Project and we'll pop up there. So we'll be back again soon with another edition of the China in Africa podcast. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>